Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Let's pray, let's pray. Um, Father, we are here because we love you more than our stuff. We are here because even though we struggle, we believe that your ways, it is better than ours. And if you can be gracious tonight to us through your spirit, grant us to see and understand that even if we are set in our ways and better ways gets revealed to us, that we will turn away. Lord, sometimes we think if we or our family have done something for a long time, the longer we've done it, the more precious it becomes, but can actually be more destructive as time goes on. Show us your ways that we can turn to you again fresh. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. You know everyone in this place, every heart, every mind, every situation, every tear that gets cried, every relationship with tension, every amazing relationship. You know everything. Here we are to present ourselves to our God three in one in this place tonight. We worship you. Amen. Cool. So Garmo, oh, where, where's Garmo? So that song says, and, and I ran out of that grave. And, uh, but Paul also writes, so that's a spiritual, spiritual grave, right? He says, one day when we die, we should die in such a way that it shows glory to God. Because we're not afraid of physical death, amen? So when it comes to that day, we run into the grave, out the other side, into heaven. When <laughs> But we're never going back to the spiritual graveyard. Amen? Ons is nie bang vir ou leven nie. Ons gaan allemaal een nieuwe een kry. Ek gaan van die ou mense hier aan breek, jong. Kijk. Nee. Omhoog. Was omhoog. <laughs> Lekker breek, nee. <laughs> God has a sense of humor. Amen? Um, we're coming from shutdown and and it's, it's really been a, a, a difficult one I hear. And uh, if I, whenever I look at Cecil, it, it, it looks like um, something exploded. You know, it's um, incredible. Um, but just to everyone who, who, who were a part of Shutdown, just hands up. Amazing work, everyone. Um, thanks for, for putting in the hours. Um, we are here to serve God, and then he wants us to work well, amen, uh, work well in the place that we are assigned to work. Um, I know a lot of you, you're really tired, and, and it's just amazing that we can just get air on the other side. Um, a lot of um, conversations with people, we've got a lot of guys in our small group involved with shutdown, a lot of people felt, uh, I think you can, you can call it guilty, just, mm, I, I wish I could pray more, um, I was so tired, I didn't spend a lot of time in God's word, uh, I wanted to be at church more, um, 
don't sit under condemnation. Sometimes you go through a month or a season and, and there's just grace to, to just get through it. You are here now, amen? And you made it. And uh, let's just give a clap to everyone who worked on Shutdown. I'm calling this sermon Refocus on Jesus. And by it, I'm, I'm not implying none of us are focused on him. All I'm saying is let's just, mm, let's just talk again. Um, about what is the most important thing here. Why are we here? We, we spoke about how we were created. We, we touched on the fact that God made us. We, we did not evolve from something. Um, and, and, and we'll go back and do some incredible stuff. But, but, but tonight, let's bring our hearts back to what is most important, our relationship with Jesus. And uh, I'm going to say this in the, in the beginning, I am definitely from my side um, just rekindling our accountability groups uh, um, culture. If, if you're new around here and you've never heard about accountability group, all it is is um, someone asks you to, to meet them once a week for six weeks and um, they decide on a portion of scripture to read together. For example, let's say 1 Peter or 1 John or James, it's all five, six chapters. You take a book like, uh, for example, Mark, it's 16 chapters, eight chapters, one week, eight the other. And for six weeks, you not only read scripture at home, but you've got this one appointment where you sit with someone and you bring your notes with and you share. Um, so I'm, I'm going to touch on that. Um, and, and just a quick thing, uh, when we talk about accountability groups, it's not accountability group is not a magic thing, okay? What is incredible and divine is your quiet time, your times of reading scripture, and your times of prayer. And what an accountability group does is it gives structure, it, under, it underpins, okay, your devotional times with God because now you know you're going to go and share with someone, okay? And, and it just puts a lot of energy and focus back into your personal relationship with Jesus. And so I'm going to play towards that. So I'm starting at the end. Are, are you with me? Great. Let's do it. Hebrews 12 verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight. How's that intercession, team? Before the time, I think five people prayed this. And sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus. Okay. Refocusing. The founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That's where we look. That's where we are focusing. Consider him who endured for sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Say, weary or faint-hearted, weary 
or faint-hearted. Okay? In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. That's a high bar. <laughs> That's very high. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, he quotes from Psalms, do, oh, uh, from Isaiah, my son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproof by him. I'm lying. Sorry, that's Proverbs. When you, in verse 5, when you see my son, is quoting out of a book of Proverbs. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. Okay, as God for you say, is verkeerd. Okay? Don't be faint-hearted. Your dad is speaking with you, amen? And he knows more than you, so he's there to help. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Okay, don't worry if it's a lot. We, we're going to cut it up, okay? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, our fathers, as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. That's a lot of scripture. Don't worry, we're going to chop it up a bit. Especially the first four verses, very important. I'm just going to go back to to, to verse 1, and and what I'm asking myself while I was doing this is, Hebrews 12, 4, show for secunda. Okay, Lord, you spoke to those people. Now help us apply it here. And that's what we're doing tonight. Let's do that first part. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so a great a cloud of witnesses. Firstly, can, can we just give the mission team, you guys that, that's here, just quickly stand up, please. They arrived yesterday evening about 6 o'clock. Um, we just want to celebrate you guys. Let's, let's just give them a clap. Um, you can sit down. They, they're going to give us um, incredible feedback um, in a week or two. Um, but we are surrounded by amazing people. Isn't that true? But first and foremost, when this scripture speaks about the great cloud of witnesses, what is the writer referring to? Who, who is he referring to? Hebrews 11, consider Abraham. When God told him to move, he moved. Okay. Consider Noah. When God said to him, build, notice how everyone in Hebrews 11 had an action. When God, when God asked him to build, he built the ark. Amen. Consider Abel, whose sacrifice was pleasing unto God. And they list all these men, and then it says, 
Since we are surrounded by so a great a cloud of witnesses, and, and what the writer is trying to tell us, there is probably in the spiritual realm a place where your spirit, where we in our immaterial part, in our spirits, are being cheered on by the people of faith from the past. Isn't that incredible to think? Amen. We don't pray to them, to our ancestors. We pray to God. Let them cheer. That's what they do. Okay? And, and, and they, they are cheering because they are seeing a reenactment of the amazing things they did in our lives. But now here, watch out. Watch out what the world is telling us. The world says, since Oprah lives in this way, be sure to shape your life after. Laugh for a moment and then have a, uh, uh, let's see, a nervous laugh and then realize it's the truth. <laughs> Go onto social media, put in famous people. It's not those laying down their lives. In heaven, their lives are recorded. Moses, Abraham. On earth, we're being showed constantly, day after day, the lives of people. And what we are hearing and what we are seeing is shape your life, life after. Some of the people with the greatest following in the world, if they wear a certain kind of clothing, a few weeks, go to the high school. Everyone looks the same. <laughs> and I think important for us here is, let us remember the greatest witnesses are those that we cannot see with our eyes. No one knows about the man dying today for his faith in Pakistan. There won't even be a mention in the paper. Okay? But if a celebrity gets an amputated leg, then everyone will know. Okay? Let, let us move from the flesh to the spirit. That's what we're saying to one another here. Not only are we surrounded by those in the spirit, but if, if we look at scripture, I mentioned the mission team, 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it, it says, therefore encourage one another and build one another up. Okay, So we have the unseen witnesses in heaven saying, come on, you can do it. But remember, Jesus is the intercessor. They, he's the one praying to the Father for us. But not only do we have them waiting at the finish line, we have one another. We have a mission team that came back with incredible stories. They're bringing something back in the spirit. There's heroes in the faith for me. I mean, the people that set this place up every week. I mean, I'm on the group. I'm seeing, oh, someone is in trouble. They can't come. I see the heroes standing up. Don't worry. I'll be at church at one o'clock. It's heroes. In my small group the last few weeks, we've been real. Stuff came to the surface. We are surrounded by amazing people. Isn't that amazing? So, what about it? 
So we, we're surrounded by, by a cloud of witnesses in the Spirit. There's amazing people here, and, and we can almost sense the energy. If we didn't have these guys, we couldn't sing. So, so what now, the very next moment in that scripture, I just put it in italics. So let us also lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance. Because we are not alone, because we are surrounded in the Spirit and here, let us lay down. That's what Scripture is asking us. Okay? Let us, what's going on here? Let, let's, let's hit this face on. Scripture is asking us to lay down everything that's slowing us down in the Spirit. Let's go practical. Here's the most dangerous thing about sin in your life, okay? The most dangerous thing about uh, when I was young, yes, my parents, they said, you need to as a belief. I couldn't because they smoked like 24-7. I, I, I mean, if I could get fresh air, there's no chance I'd put a cigarette in my mouth, even before I knew God. I mean, it's, that, that, that would just be stupid. Uh, because you will get lung cancer. Remember that. That is, when you go out, please just, just don't, don't drink too much and make, cause an accident with a car. The greatest danger about smoking or drinking or using drugs or looking at pornography, it's not the immediate effects. That's not your greatest danger. Your greatest danger is once you allow something into your life, which is not from God, okay? The openness, the open air between you and God, it closes down. That's the most important part of sin. That we need to understand. All right? And if the enemy can get your inner room, your place where you connect with Jesus heart to heart, because now you're shy of him, okay? How do you know you are starting off on the wrong road? You don't want to come to church. Because <laughs> you know he's going to come at you in worship. And he's going he's to ask you to open your heart. And you're shy. That's the important danger of sin. It steals your intimacy with Jesus. Okay? Now, I'm not saying that if you drink and you make an accident and people die, it's not dire. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is you can manage an addiction or you can manage a sin in one way, but you cannot manage that and have your inner room of God. Okay, and then the domino starts to fall. All right, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying there's something wrong with drinking a beer, please. I'm just using examples here, okay? The assignment of sin in your life, what it, the enemy wants to lay on you is stuff to take your inner room away from you, the place where you read scripture and it's alive. You talk to Jesus, you share your heart, and you ask him to help you. And so in the beginning of this chapter, the writer says, so let us lay down anything, 
every weight and sin. That's two things. Weight must just might just be stuff. It's not even sin, but you are busy with it, and you should not be busy with it. And so it's in your way. You should lay it down. So the author goes for your intimacy with God right at the start. Let us then lay it down and run the race. Are you with me? Okay, so that's still vague. Okay, I'm going to lay stuff down. I feel guilty about this. Maybe God is talking to me about this area. I'm going to lay it down and run. Run where? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Verse 2, looking to Jesus. That's it. Looking to Jesus. We lay down when the Spirit speaks. Not to not make an accident. That also, okay? Um, sure, pornography is going to hurt your marriage. Listen, take it, take it, hear it, okay? But we don't lay it down firstly to save a marriage. We lay it down to look Christ in the eye. And all things will be added. Amen? We want to look him in the face. And then the scripture says, the founder, the perfecter of our face, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. It starts to explain the CV of Christ. And so what we learn here is we should consider Jesus. We should worship him. We should remember his life. We should read about his words, how he came across, how he spoke, what he said, how he said it. Consider him. Verse 3, who endured from sin as such hostility against himself. Check out this. So that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Listen up carefully. There's times when we need professional help. I support that medically, psychologically, 100%. You will start and finish your battle against depression here. I'm not saying maybe you don't need extra help. I'm saying this is where the battle ultimately will be won. That you will not grow weary and faint-hearted in the face of Jesus. Where do you start? You remember you're not alone. You lay down everything. Everything you can. Every possible sin that can come to mind get someone to pray with you you look Jesus in the face and then times of refreshment starts to come into your spirit what is that it's you and your God connecting anew afresh we are talking about reconnecting with Jesus at this time the church can have amazing programs. Listen to what I'm saying here. Obviously, I'm a church guy. The church puts bread on my table, okay? Jesus comes first. We're not saying Jesus is better than church. We just need to understand how they fit together. It's about Jesus. Then he says, okay, attend church. Without a relationship with Jesus, there's no real relationship with a church. Amen. They're not a competition. 
It's just the one comes first and foremost, and the other flows out of it. The church is not Jesus. The church is his bride. So you need him, and then he says, join the church. But now the church can have all these programs, everything. Let's add marriage prep. Let's say uh, ministry to, to, uh, for people struggling with addiction. And let the list goes on. But if you do not lay aside every weight and sin, the church can start another 10 incredible ministries. You will grow weary and faint-hearted. And what churches often do, and I'm not dissing anyone in this town, I'm just, just a principal, and we must watch out for that, is we cannot sell refreshment through church. We cannot say, come to our church and it will go good with you. It's not true. Because you can come, but you might not change. Can you see that? We can only bring one another to Jesus. When I take Peter to Jesus as a friend and he takes me to Jesus and, and we do the same here, then we are a church. We don't have to take one another to church. We take one another to Jesus, amen? And then we are a church and then we invite more people. Can you see that? Are you struggling with your energy like I did maybe the last few months. Misschien is I plug so half in, een van die drie bene is in. I'm a pastor, and I know nothing about electricity, but I figured that out. If, if only one part is in it. <laughs> it's about Jesus, guys. It doesn't matter who's standing in front here or who's leading the worship. It's really secondary to a country mile. It's about him. If, let's, for, let's, let's just have fun. Let's say someone comes and they steal all our worship equipment. Everything gone, gone. And next week, was just a mic here. And they say, we're just going to close our eyes and worship God. Is there less of the Spirit in this place? Is there less of Jesus here? Would we be able to still connect? There's nothing wrong with these things, but just remember the place. It's all in service of Him. So we should not make the means the end. We lay down everything that ensnares us. And then what do we do? We look to Jesus. And then you look to the left and to the right and there's others doing the same. Now we have church. Amen. Is this helping someone so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted or insert, worried or Anxious, onderdruk, moog, lay down some weights, lay it down, amen. The next slide, it's, it's got the same scripture on there, um, we're going back to Hebrews 12 verse 1, but we're just putting a mirror up, if you've got a 
ESV study Bible or a nice reference Bible, you can go to the corner where you read the scripture and it'll give you other scriptures that's on the same topic, saying the same thing. Okay, and they take words and stuff into consideration. I got this out of my Bible. To put off the old self is equal to for us to lay aside every way. Put off the old self which belonged to your former manner of life and is corrupt. Isn't it great news? Some of us are shy of what we've done. Hey, Scripture acknowledge, yes, you should be shy about it. Let's talk, let's have that straight. You were a mess, but you get to put it off. <laughs> okay, now, it is true, you are crafted by God. In that sense, you should never change, you should never envy to be someone else, but there is an old part of yourself spiritually that you should put off. So sometimes people get it wrong. The guy like speaks totally disrespectful to his wife and then he's like, my wife wants to change me. Yeah, you should change. You shouldn't speak to your wife. This isn't that type of change. Are you with me? So, so there's some good news. If there's a part of your character which you say, you know, I just wish I had more discipline. Here's the good news, you can. Because you get to put off old stuff. I just wish, I just wish I didn't complain so much. You know what? You get to put it down. And the spirit, if you if you bring it, that's something you could lay down. We're gonna get to the invisible stuff. It's easy to speak about cigarettes, porn and stuff. It's stuff you see. Let's get to the real stuff. Envy. It's a heavy weight on your back. That's what it is. It will take your money, your time, your friends. It'll steal everything from you. Envy and jealousy. You get to lay it down. But I need, I need that affection. Yeah, but you remember now you're going to look into his face. You're going to get everything from him. Everything. Isn't that amazing? You get to change. God allows that. And your character. Just turn to the person next to you and say, Jy mag verander. Solank jy net die vir die stormers kree nie. Okay, um, I'm going to work through the whole piece and then drop three ideas on you. Um, let's talk about the parts of us that's the hardest to lay down. When I was a young man, 18 years old, I met, I met the Lord. And he dealt in my life with physical sin. Came in. It was a little bit just a puck slaw and bam, it was gone. A lot of stuff. Took me a month to get porn out of my life. It's taking me 18 years to deal with pride. And beyond, <laughs> we will walk, me and my enemy. Let's talk about the difficult stuff. It's easy to put down, maybe God speaks to you, like stop smoking that hubbly, hubbly. It's a battle, get over it, put it down, you can do it. That's easy. Let's talk about offense. 
That's hard. The weights no one can see in your heart, in your mind, when you go to bed. Idleness, laziness. We wrestle with that often. And so when the scripture says, let us lay aside, it's not, oh, you're coming to God and it's a once-off. We constantly have to go back and again lay aside, put down, especially these invisible giants that sits on our shoulders, not from God. Another one, oh, it's hard to perceive this, but did you know a lack of joy is sin? Scripture says, rejoice in what? In the Lord. But I rejoiced in him when I gave my heart to him. Here's the thing. It's a few years later. He did not change. But when you came to him, you were overjoyed that he forgave your sin. So something laid on you and took you away. Take it off and go get your joy back. Isn't that good news? That's good news. God wants you to be happy. It's incredible. You get to change and grow, but you're going to have to put stuff down. We lay down and then we hold on to God. Everyone with me? Okay, let's go on. And I'm just reading this last part. In your struggle and sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be wary when reproved by him, for the Lord disciplined the one he loves. And he chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. What son is there that the father does not discipline? And then it goes on, it says, if you are left without discipline, then you are illegitimate children, okay? Now, here's the good news. Look at that. We don't like that word discipline because the discipline we receive in this world, even from our dads or moms or seniors, it does not always come with pure intentions, amen? Sometimes you feel, I guess now under the bus so. Ja, ek was verkeerd, maar nou is ek onder die bus gegooi. Weet al so gevoel? Okay, time for me. I remember, let me tell you the story. Once, okay, I always got in trouble because I am a cheerleader, okay? So I, I get people to do stuff and we should not do it, but I'm always the one getting, you know, that was, I, I get it, I, I hope, I think it, God redeemed it, okay? But I, even in standard five, Okay, grade seven. So all the parents are in the school hall and they give us cake, okay, for all the grade sevens. And we all had a piece of cake and then there was still a lot left. And so as a man, when you pick something up and you no longer want to eat it, what do you do with it? <laughs> you throw it. It's, it's, it's a simple, it's nature. You know, one moment I was eating and then I was like... And so a food fight started in the school halls. And it was funny. And then some people, like, they've got good aim. And they were, like, throwing me. And so I started to run into the hallway. 
and some people followed me behind me, and we we went into classes, and it, 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 no one no one stopped to think for a minute. The next day, true story, we all there's a lot. There were, I mean, there's no way I threw that, that cake alone. Okay, there was a, at least twenty. We all sit like this, and the principal, he said, if you threw cake yesterday, I want you to stand up. I was in front, and I was the only one standing up. The only one. I, I looked around, I saw my friends, and I was shocked that they sat into cricket. He knew I wasn't the only one. Was it fair or not fair? I don't know, but oh, that's a funny story. All I'm saying is the discipline that comes our way, sometimes it's fair, sometimes it's right, but it's hard for humans to have 100% pure intentions, amen? I remember one day a friend, you know, this is the horror moments in your life as a child. My friend and I, there's a bride, my parents' home, and they've got friends over, and he's got, he's got his sister that he often terrorizes her and then he gets a lot of trouble for you know hurting her and he constantly needs to be reminded she's not a boy you know that conversation and so what happens is a mosquito that's of a mochi a mochi it's a mozzie ne mosquito mosquito gets into her eye and she cries because it burns. Have you had that? And, and as she runs to her parents, her dad comes out. <laughs> and, 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 and my friend Ron didn't do anything, but usually it would be him and he just got it. Ba, 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 ba. Okay? He had nothing to do with it. <laughs> okay? So is discipline now a good thing or a bad thing? Okay? Here's the thing, there's only one that can discipline in absolute purity, with absolute accuracy, okay? And he's our dad, and he disciplines us from heaven. He disciplines us through the office. He disciplines us through our bank accounts. He disciplines us through our vehicles. He disciplines us through our relationships. And his discipline is impeccably pure. One day when you look back, you will say, Dad, it was spot on, even though my boat has blown. I see now. That's what you'll say. When you see him one day, you're going to say, fair. But the word discipline, it hurts us because we've been hurt by it. Amen? Make a mind shift tonight. The discipline of God is not like the discipline you experience here. It's perfect. It's perfect and it helps you. Okay? And when you are being disciplined, it's because you are loved. Amen? So what I'm trying to say here is as we lay down Stuff that's on us. Sin, physical sin, sin we can see. Or sin in the heart, which is difficult. That's why we want real relationships. Real small groups, accountability partners. To get to the sin in the heart. Okay? As we lay it down, we look to Jesus. Okay? So it's a lot we're doing. We're being active. There's a verb. Abraham moved. 
Uh, Moses led the people. Noah built. Okay, so, so we work in our faith, right? While we work in our faith, God is not only working in us, he's working on us with discipline. Because he's redirecting, helping, lovely. What if his hands was not there? What if his hands were far away from us and he allowed us to go five degrees to the left, five degrees and miss it? So let's invite the one whose discipline is good. Amen? Number one, let's refocus our attention on Jesus. Okay, we're starting with verse two. This is what we want to do. We want to look him in the face at this time. Okay? Number two, let's continually lay down sins that clings to us. Those we can see and those that is hidden. And then the last thing, remember that God is working in us and on us with those perfect hands. Amen? Some of you here have gone through hell. And you've seen loved ones go through terrible times. Let me tell you what. You have not resisted sin unto the point of death. You are here because his fingers never left your side. You can be thankful. And so as I'm just, from my side, I believe God is just speaking to us prophetically in this way. As we, as we move to a place of, of sitting with Scripture with one another and small group, let's get accountability groups going. Three questions for accountability. We're going to take them from those three points. So you can squeeze it in under if you want to. Number one, we said, let's refocus our attention on Jesus. So as you read through Scripture, Go to the person and offer him this. I'm holding on to this truth about Jesus this week. There's so many things I want to look at, but I'm looking at this this week. It's going to carry me through. Amen? You need something to hold on. Can you find a brug of swine with nicks? This is swine, it is full. Okay? Don't try that. We hold on, even if it feels like we're in the air. Maybe you are. Okay? So hold on. Number two, we said, let's continually lay down sins that clings to us. So maybe um, offer this to the friend on the other side of the table or the person in cell. I believe I need to lay down this sin or weight. And I am delighted to share it with you today. Because I'm not only surrounded by those waiting, but there's these wonderful people around me and I can share. Don't take the greatest sin of your marriage and share it with someone you don't know. That is called not being wise. I won't say the S word. I'm not going to call you stupid. <laughs> okay, let me just make sure you understand which one I'm referring to. You grow relationships. You grow relationships. And the more you grow, you take your heart into it. Will your friend maybe disappoint you? Not maybe, 100%. We still do it. Because there's more love and sharing than never sharing and saving ourselves from a possible hurt. 
the nothing ventured, nothing gained. Amen. And then the last one. Remember that God is working in us and on us. Please help me. You may ask this. Please, will you help me to understand God's hand on my life? I feel God is taking me through a difficult time. Maybe that's true. Prosperity gospel say, no, 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 no. Just claim that breakthrough. Do it. Claim, declare, pray. But sometimes you come a claim, puppy. Because you're not sitting in the wimpy, you're being trained spiritually, being trained. And so he's going to take you through training at times, and it's going to feel heavy on your body, heavy on your spirit, heavy on your mind. And you're going to go through it, and you're going to be stronger. Ask the people that just came back from missions. Okay? But share and say, oh, I feel, I don't understand why why, why the situation at, at work or home is so hard. Hey, let's pray. Sometimes when you go back to number two and you lay down sin, there's immediately relief. Because sometimes the hand of God is on you because there's sin you need to repent of. Amen? Other times you repent of the sin, you get it out, and you immediately feel close to God, but you're still in a difficult situation. That's training. That's pruning. This is snooey funny boom. Okay. If it is God's hand that's leading you to repentance because you're going to get hurt and you repent, you feel the hand lift. Are you with me? If he's pruning, he's working on you. Okay. Geestelik is bezig om jou hare te snui. He's busy with you. So my challenge to everyone is um, what we're doing now is we, we finish with shutdown, but we're going to switch on with accountability groups big time. Your session with someone is 40 minutes. It's not about that. It's about the half an hour or the hour every morning. That's what it's about. Your daily time of God, your, your, your rhythm of worship. Okay, let's Let's kickstart that boiler a little bit. We serve an amazing God, amen? Let's stand and respond to him. Let's just have a moment to display our faith. And the other day, I'm... Um, chatting to a buddy of mine, he's also a pastor of a church, and he said, hey, we stopped doing altar calls because people feel uncomfortable. You should try it. And I said, if I wanted people to feel comfortable, i open a spur. <laughs> Let's not sacrifice our moments of greatest growth because of comfort, Amen. So, we love you from my side, from the office side and the leaders. If you're visiting us, we love you with all our hearts. And we are not willing to present a cheap gospel to you. Because that will not be love. That would be, that's all vreetwees. Amen? So let's, let's um, 
keep on practicing our faith when we have moments like these at the end of a service, whether you responding in your heart. Some nights we just stand where we are. Other nights I feel we need to move. Um, what I want you to do is to be eager to lay down and eager to look in his face, whatever that means to you.